It's 9.59 in the morning on a Sunday morning. Let's just praise the Lord for a little bit. Uh, let's lift up our hands. Uh, let's shout with a great shout of victory. Uh, we want to see God do something in this place today. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We give you glory. Uh, we give you honor. Uh, we give you all the praise, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We're great to, I'm so thankful to have Sister um, Twyla's mama coming in real quick and surprising her. Brother Gilliam, we're great to have you. You may be seated. Actually, yeah, you may be seated because there's a lot of scriptures and you might as well be seated. Praise the Lord. Let's turn. Our Bible lesson today is God knows the way. Genesis 37, verse 1. We're talking about jo- I mean Joseph here today. We're going to go through the story of Joseph slowly but surely and see what God has to say today. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob, Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons and his father's wives, and Joseph brought his father the, their evil report. Now, um, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was a son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Hear, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, I have, were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obe- 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 obedience to it. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams, because of his words. Of course, we go on next to his next dream, and even his father had to question, What are you talking about, son? With the first glance, the question would be, Why in the world would you want to dream? His father looked at him cuckoo. His brothers hate him, hated him because of it. And in the very, very um, last part of that chapter, they threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery. For 20 pieces of silver. Just 20 pieces of silver. Not that much. But, Hey, like, like I said, why would you want to dream? In this world today, there's so many dreamers, there's so many people that dream, but then we see their dreams falling apart. We see their lives falling apart, and it, it doesn't work out. And, and it doesn't seem like they're committed, and it, it doesn't seem like, uh, and even if they are fully committed and their dreams are cuckoo, 
And the question is, why would you want to dream? But God knows the way. I just wanted to note that as we move on through the story of Joseph, that Joseph isn't mentioned in the very next chapter, chapter 38. What this means to me is it may seem that even God has forgotten about you. It may look like he's moved on to the next subject. It may look like he's moved on to the next chapter. But if you hold on like Joseph did, it will come back around to you, my friend. Verse chapter 39, we find Joseph in Potiphar's house. We see that he's on a so-called spiritual high. He's doing pretty good. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, the officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him the hands of Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was prosperous. And he was in the house of the master of it, he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight and served him, and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had put into his hand. And it came to pass that at the time that had made him overseer in his house, over that all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon the all that he had in the house and all that he had in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Of course, we come to another trial. And it came even to pass after these things that the master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house. He hath committed all that he had in my hand. There is none greater in his house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass as she spoke to Joseph day by day, we see right there that it's not just one-time occurrence where temptation comes to you. That he hearkened not unto her to lie with her or to be with her. And it came even to pass that this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men in the house therein. And she caught him by the garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled therefore, that she called unto the men of her house, and she spake unto them, saying, See, hath, see he hath brought in a Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto, lie, unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice, and cried that he left his garment with me, and fled, and got him out. And she laid upon his garment by her, she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. Of course, we see that Potiphar sent him to prison. 
But, verse 21 says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. When I read this passage of Scripture, I can only think of Joseph running off a cliff. And just like the cartoons, he doesn't fall till he looks down. It's a sudden, abrupt stop. He, Potiphar pulls everything out from under him, and he stays up for a while, and then he plunges down to prison. We come to a highlight. This is a highlight of Joseph's life. He was living high on the hog, but his dreams had not yet been fulfilled. I believe in the back of his mind he was thinking, by doing uh, this is doing good. God is good. He he's, has a plan for me, but my dream. But my dream. God knows your way. Genesis chapter 39, verse 22 says, And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all that the prisoners were in the, ha- and were in the prison, and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him in all that which he did. The Lord made it to prosper. I find it an interesting subject where wherever Joseph went, wherever he went into Potiphar's house, everything was under his hand. It kind of like was everybody was bowing to him. But it wasn't his family yet. He went into the prison. And everybody was bowing to him. And every, everything was under his hand. Just like his dream had said. But his dream was not yet fulfilled. Because his family wasn't doing it yet. We see in verse chapter 39... Actually, in chapter 40, excuse me, we see the interpretation of two dreams. And it came even to pass that these things, that the butler and the king and the Egypt had offended the Lord, their king of the Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in the ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison. The place where Jesus, uh, Joseph was bound, not Jesus, thank you Jesus. We're in the Old Testament. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph, and he served them, and they continued a season in the ward. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night. Each man, according to his interpretation of his dream, and the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt were bound in prison. Even though you dream a dream, you're still stuck in prison. Even though they dreamed the dreams and the interpretation, and even after Joseph interpreted, they were still in the prison. And Joseph said unto them, and came unto them into the morning and looked up upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly to the day? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me, I pray you. 
And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said unto him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me, and the vine were there three branches. And it was though it budded, and a blossom shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And the Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them in the Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto them, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days, and yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou hast wast his baker, or a butler, excuse me. But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness. I pray thee, and unto me, and make mention unto me, unto the Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. And when the chief baker saw the interpretation was good, and he said unto Joseph, I was also in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head, and the uppermost basket there was all manner of baked meats for the Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket Upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days, and yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head off of thee, and shall hang thee on the tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh off of thee. And it came to even to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief butler, a baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Of course, we see that the chief butler did not remember Joseph for a long, long time. I bet the chief baker was kind of disappointed. He saw that the interpretation was pretty good and of the butler, like man, that that's a pretty good that's a pretty good um, interpretation. I like that one. And then he he said his, and of course Joseph had a very different tale to tell him. I also find it um, kind of comical in verse twenty. It says, "Which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast upon all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler." and the chief baker, in two different ways, of course. He lifted the head of both of them, but it was a very different way of lifting the head. Praise the Lord. So we see that Joseph was in the dungeon, was in the prison, and everything was under his hand, but he did not see the fulfilling of his dream quite yet. Just quite yet. Genesis 41. Now, we, now we're getting somewhere. God knows your way. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that the Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And of course, we see Joseph's, I mean, Pharaoh's dreams. But I, I want to zoom on this passage real quick. Two full years years just like just like 
it looks like God skipped the whole chapter of verse 38 and was talking about Judah and talking about his problems and everything. They moved on to Joseph's brother. We see two full years pass. But Joseph is still faithful. And just like I said the other day, I believe, a while ago, believe in his back of his mind, God is good. But where is my dream? God is good. He's put everything under me. I'm going to be faithful to him, but where is my dream? God knows your way. And behold, there came up the, out of the river of, of course, we're going into Pharaoh's dreams. And um, behold, there came out of the river seven well-favored kind and fat-fleshed, and they fed in the meadow. And behold, seven other kind came unto them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed, and stood by the other kind upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and lean-fleshed did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kind. So Pharaoh awake, and he slept and dreamed the second time. And behold, seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk, stalk, rank and good. Behold, seven thin ears and blasted with the east wind sprung after them. And the seven thin ears devoured unto the seven rank and full ears. Behold, Pharaoh awake, and it was a dream. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret unto Pharaoh. Find it interesting also that when we're looking almost three, four thousand years later, we say, man, that was an easy interpret. That was an easy dream to interpret. But we know the history behind it. When you know the history, even of Joseph's story in full, like, why would you be worrying, Joseph? God knows your way. He, don't you know that He's going to rise you to the second place in the kingdom and everything's going to be all right and there's going to be a feast and a famine? And that, like, don't you know that, Joseph? But then in our own lives, when we see two full years pass that we're in prison, spiritually, physically, emotionally, we can't trust God enough to know that He has the way. That know we, that He has a plan. He has the blueprint. And then, just imagine 20 years down the road, people are looking at your own life saying, don't you see? Didn't you know? That this thing was going to occur if you had just stayed faithful? God knows your way. And there was a, um, we're talking about the a chief butler right now. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, verse 9, saying, I do remember the faults of this day. And Pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put him in the ward of the captain's guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream one night, and I and he, we dreamed each other, each man according to the interpretation of a dream. And there was with us a young man, an Hebrew servant 
to the captain of the guard. We told him and he interpreted to our dreams. To each man according to his dream did he interpret. So first time Joseph was mentioned outside of the prison in two full years. And it came to pass as he interpreted to us, so it was me he restored unto mine office, and him he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and he brought him hastily out of the dungeon and shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. I have heard and say thee, thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not me. It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river. And behold, there came out of the river seven kind, fat-fleshed and well-favored. They fed in the meadow. And behold, the seven other kind came after them poor and very well ill-favored and lean flesh, such as I had never saw in the land of Egypt for the badness. And the lean and ill-favored kind did eat up the first seven fat kind. And, the, and when they had eaten them up, it could not be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ill-favored as in the beginning. So I awoke. As I saw in the dream, and behold, seven ears came up in one stalk and full and good and seven ears withered and thin and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them and the thin ears devoured the seven good ears and told his unto the magicians but there was none that declare it to me and Joseph said unto Pharaoh the dream of the Pharaoh is a good one is one God hath is a good one that was a pretty good dream too but there they were a sandwich together God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do the seven good kind are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin, ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is a thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there cometh seven years of great plenty, throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of the famine of the following, for it shall be grievous. And for that dream was doubted in unto Pharaoh twice. It is because this thing is established by God. And God will shortly bring it to pass. Now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land. Take up the fifth part of the land in the seven plenteous years. And let them gather all the food in those good years that come. And lay up the corn upon the hand of Pharaoh. Let him keep the food in the cities. And that all the food shall be for the store to the land against the seven years, the famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land shall perish not through the famine. Of course, we see Joseph's rise to power. But even in this, he says, where's my dream? He's, he's doing all this work, and then you see the everybody but the... 
the one and great Pharaoh is bowing to him. We see something in his dream coming to pass, but it's not his family. It's not what was promised. We see in his second dream that he had dreamed, we see the stars and everything was bowing down to him. And the sun and the moon. We see the stars bowing down to him. We see the whole world, the great land of Egypt bowing down to him. But his dream was not yet fulfilled. But God knows the way. Verse 42, And Pharaoh took off his ring from his finger and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures and fine linen and put gold chain upon his neck. He was riding high on the hog again. And he made him ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him, Bow the knee, and made him ruler all over all the land of Egypt. The Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee thou shalt no man lift up his foot hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name whew, Zephaniah. Brother Moats, I should have studied that one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of the Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. Verse 42, at chapter 42, we see the dream getting closer. Now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do you look upon one another? We're hungry. Why are y'all staring at each other? Go do something. And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down hither and buy us from thence that we may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob, sent not with his brethren. For lest he said, preadventure mischief befall him. And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came. For the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor of over the land and he it and it he it was that sold to all the people of the land and Joseph's brethren came in and bowed down bowed themselves before him with their faces to the earth we see a partial fulfill, fulfillment of the dream but we're missing at least 3 people here we're missing Benjamin, we're missing Israel, and we're missing the mom. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew him not. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed of them, and said unto them, Ye are spies to see the nakedness of the land, ye are come. He said unto them, Nay, my Lord, but to buy food are the servants come. We are all one man's sons. We are true men. The servants are no spies. And he said unto them, Nay, but to see the nakedness of the land, ye are come. And they said unto them, Thy servants are twelve brethren, 
the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. Behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and the one is not. And Joseph said unto them, That is, that is it that I spake unto you, saying, Ye are spies. Hereby ye shall be proved, but the life of a Pharaoh ye shall not go forth. Hence, except your youngest brother come hither. Send one of you, let him fetch your brother, and ye shall be kept in prison, that your words may be proved, whether this day any truth be in you, or else by the life of the Pharaoh, surely ye are spies. Praise the Lord. Let's move on. We want to see where the full completion of Joseph's dreams came to pass. Genesis chapter 44. Chapter 45. We see the true power of a dream. Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all of them that stood by him, and he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. He wept out loud, and the Egyptians in the house of the Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brother, Brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, unto Joseph, and he said I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did, not, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For those two years, yet hath the famine have been in the land, and there have been five years in which there shall neither, neither be hearing, earing, nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you in posterity in all the earth, to save your lives by great deliverance. So it is, was not you that sent me hither, but God. Mm. Hallelujah. God knows your way. God knows your way and hath made me a father to the Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and the ruler throughout the land of Egypt. Haste ye, go up to my father and say unto them, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God made me a lord of all Egypt. Come unto me, tarry ye not. Thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children and thy children's children and thy flocks and thy herds. And all that thou hast. See, in the lesson today, we're internalizing the message real quick. Looking back from this high point of Joseph's life, it is easy to identify the defining moments of his life, his decisions, his dreams with his family. His decisions not to fall from the seductions of Potiphar's wife. His decision to continue to serve with excellence, even as a prisoner. All these were momentous. All changed the direction of his story. 
All of them mattered more than Joseph could have possibly known at the time. The same is true in our lives. For our earthbound perspectives, limited it is by the pain of present circumstances. We cannot see the beautiful story God is writing. We cannot always tell when we have made a trajectory-defining choice. Decisions seem forced upon us by stress and strain of our all-too-busy lives. We find ourselves more often surviving than thriving, it seems. Our best efforts to be faithful are not often met with a combination, a combination but with further complication. Ooh. As life seems to go from bad to even worse, we, like Joseph, sit in the pits in the prisons, not by our choosing, hoping and dreaming of our better tomorrow. Seems like your dream is a little cuckoo. In the midst of our sorrow, frustrations, or even despair, we have the precious promise that one day we will finally see, as Joseph did, the grand and glorious whole of our lives as part of the divine plan, when which was perfect is come, that then which is in part shall be done away. For now we see through a gas darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even also I am known. Of course, we find that in 1 Corinthians thirteen ten through 12. It is precisely that this hope, that this dream, if you will, that grants us the grace to continue forward in faithfulness, even the most trying circumstances, Joseph's greatest wisdom was his unfailing faithfulness. For the reason the writer of Hebrews in his grand tour of the Bible's Hall of Faith chose to save the last, the last showcasing the heroes who were tortured, mocked, scourged, imprisoned, sown, martyred, ostracized, persecuted, and tormented. But those, despite, because of all, obtained a good report through faith. May their stories, along with the story of Joseph, inspire us to have greater faith and faithfulness. God knows your way. God knows your way, my friends. I've learned that from Brother, Brother Gilliam. In his classes, we learn in family therapy that even though the line and the lineage may not look perfect, God knows your way. And you can control yourself with God's help. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we stand today? I think I went a little longer than Brother Justin does and a whole lot shorter than Brother Pastor does. Praise the Lord. But I know and I want to trust in God because He knows the way. He knows my plan. He knows my dreams. Never forget your dream. Never forget your vision. Because what God sets in place, he means to fulfill. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift up our hands one more time. Oh, hallelujah. You are worthy. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your power. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're trusting in you, Jesus. Uh, we want to be faithful to your word, uh, faithful for what you said, oh God. Uh, we trust in you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Let's take a five-minute break and get the Sunday school classes in here. Praise the Lord.